I'm a little nervous. There's a lot of main character energy for this podcast. So I'm just like, we'll main see how character this, energy? A lot of main character energy. From me? Just every, all four of us, fucking main character energy. <laughs> so we'll see how this goes. Three, two, one. Kevin. Yep. How are you? Blew it out. I blew out the microphone. Oh, we haven't been on Zoom in a while, and I don't, uh, I, I don't get a chance to blow out the mic unless we're on Zoom. I know. Zoom Welcome from the same to- city, but uh, not in the same room. Well, guess what? That's because we got big guests today. We've never done this before. We've never had two guests at the same time. Uh, this is our first foursome, and Jessica has already yep. uh, <laughs> knowledge the fact that we have four main characters on one one podcast is this going to work question mark but um today we have we have we have uh, the sponsors in the house you know, we gotta we gotta we gotta be careful here we have the king and queen of packaging the masters of the mechanicals the daddies of the die line andrew gibbs and jessica desio i'm not going to do your full bios but we couldn't be happier to have you welcome to the show Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having man. us. Yeah, it's main character energy is what I said. This this is main character energy. Four <laughs> of us. So we'll see how. <laughs> Who, who's going to come out on top? Who's gonna it's not about. It's what, not about coming out on top. <laughs> what is main character energy? Can you describe it for the fans at home? All y'all have been on stage. People clapping. There's a lot of it. Like you guys are used to some, leading some the way. Leading the, record, the way on something. For the so. record, I've never been on stage. Okay, well, oh, I mean, you, you will be Kevin, it yeah. will happen for you soon. And you know, there's just, just a yeah, I hope I'm okay. Energy. Yeah, no, you'll be fine. I'm terrified of public speaking. <laughs> I mean, I used to be but you know, you do it a 1000 times and you're still nervous, actually. And then, you know, it, it's fine. Kevin, you no, said not, it a thousand times. I'm not all Andrew Gibbs. Thousand times. He's uh, all over the world. Maybe not a thousand. <laughs> maybe I mean I haven't counted. So I, I know okay, I, I was listening. Let's to, be real. It's a couple hundred times in a couple few countries. <laughs> yeah, I, I listened to your talk at uh, Alto University. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank uh, you. Thank you. For those that don't know Andrew Jessica, they are the uh, partners and founders of the Dialine, the world's greatest package design website and resource for sustainable package options, sustainability resources, inspiration, award show, and conferences. We've only been talking about the Dialine for what now is what, six months? And so it was only appropriate that we brought on the, uh, the king and queen. Honestly, I have to correct you. Andrew found it, but I was literally in the background. I think at this point, maybe the first question. Yeah. Jessica, when did you join the dial-in and how did you guys meet? So we met the first day of orientation for design school. So it wasn't like we met in class or anything. It was orientation. And um, it is very, after we had that meeting on Wednesday and talked about the story, I thought it was really unique because we both come from like trauma bonding, which is like we had to, <laughs> we, ha- we come from like so much ambition and no room to fail that like we started college the two weeks after we graduated high school. Andrew expedited high school and graduated at 16. We both went to design school like the summer of high school graduation. By yeah. the time we left high school, uh, college, we were literally not even 21 yet. And Andrew was 
is probably I was 19 still. A 19. God. He's so fucking ambitious and crazy. And that's why he's like, that's why he <laughs> does all the things that he does. So yeah, because we wanted to, you know, we wanted bigger and better things. So we had to like really there yeah. was no room for failure. Work for it. Work for it. You had to work for it. Yeah. What a concept. Andrew, uh, or both of you guys, do you want to talk about what you guys do outside of the dial line? Because I have long bios and they're really long and I, I don't really feel like, I feel like you guys can do better. Okay. That's a good, sure. good, good hope. Like in, a, in addition to the dial line? Or, yeah, or, you guys like run the dial line, but that's not all top? that you do, oh, but you do okay. lots of other things. Oh, I'll talk yes. about print because print's uh, easy. It'll be fast. Uh, yes. We purchased print magazine end of 2019 with four other partners and um, that's just there. We yes. just do that for fun. The world famous print magazine. Yeah, yeah. Very, a lot, very heritage. A lot of people, a lot, a lot of chefs in that kitchen over there. So we just kind of like mm. come in and out of that kitchen. I'm very grateful to keep the brand alive. It was on yeah. the verge of bankruptcy and just dying. So we felt it in the need to, to save it and make sure that it can live on. And there's mm-hmm. the right people for it too. So there's like a group of people there that know exactly what to do with, with print, including it's now I. a ghost kitchen. Is that what's no. happening? No, it's a kitchen, but there's a lot of chefs and a lot of people doing a lot of things. And it's, I think it's going to be really big and great. So awesome. Uh, I think of changing the name to control P. Ooh, oh my call, God. So good. Or at least a, a, a like a man, a Kevin, segment or a sub brand or a podcast control. P oh, I got him. I got him on deck. Yeah. Kevin, oh, big brain thinking. Okay. So print magazine is back. You guys have turned into uh, a much better website, a uh, award show. What else? What else are we doing over there? But personal wise, like uh, Andrew has more personal projects. Well, outside of dye line and print, Jessica and I actually teach together. Oh, so yeah. we teach package. Oh yeah, that class we do. Oh that every what? week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we we teach sustainable packaging at Art Center in Pasadena. So we we teach the one class is packaging two. Um, with a hundred percent focus on sustainability, sustainable brands. Um, and yeah, we do that once a week. We've been teaching at art center for, I think I've been there like five, six years now. Um, Jessica started a couple years after I did. Um, and thank God, cause it's a lot of work and teaching. I have so much respect for my, all my design teachers that I went to school with and just teaching as a profession. It is hard work. That's yeah. pretty sick. Are you letting those kids, uh, run wild with just, you know, thinking, Oh, you got to rain them in, run wild. (laughs) Rain them in. No, what do you you mean? They're challenge. It's a challenging class because, and it's something probably we should talk about, like in a like on a session or a talk at some point. But I think with sustainability, design comes second because you have to work with specific materials. So Mm -hmm. the students are like, "I want foil and emboss and all this crazy shit," and you're like, "Mm -mm -mm." That's like mushroom and it's textured and you can't do any of that. Oh, my version, stick. my version of running wild. It was like, you know, like mushroom, mushroom, fungi, like plastic base or like, you know, that's my version of running wild in a sustainable. Yeah, Kevin's oh, very that, sustainable. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. But there's a lot of limitations to designing with sustainable materials. So you can't get crazy. And to that's cool. You guys are really uh, doing doing the work for the future because that's super, uh, super necessary. I've been reading a lot about microplastics. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, plastic's gross. Yeah, don't. 
I work with a nonprofit called the Plastic Planet. So about uh, three or four years ago, um, I had brain surgery, emergency brain surgery. Um, I now have a spinal cord injury, left with you know a bunch of health issues I never thought I'd have at this point in my life. And it really just changed my perspective on life. Um, and I remember when I had this brain surgery, Jessica came over to my house and she brought over the National Geographic Planet or Plastic Issue. She's like, here, take a look at this. So I'm reading the issue and it's like so emotional for me because I'm just a, out of surgery a few weeks, so super emotional already. And I, I have the dial line open right next to me and I'm just looking back and forth and I'm just like, oh, fuck, like, what, what am I doing? Like, it was just this, this mega life moment of like, this is not, this is not okay. And this can't continue as is. Um, it, it was really like an outer body kind of thing where I realized, okay, things need to change. And I have the, the opportunity and I have the platform to really, you know, potentially enable some sort of change. Um, so I kind of went down a path. I started working with a nonprofit called the Plastic Planet. Um, and we've been doing some great things together since. And we have some great projects in the pipeline that we're releasing this summer, which I'm super excited about. Awesome. Yeah, the uh, Plastic Planet is so cool. And I just, I love the whole mission, obviously, but like the visual identity system of making uh, a, a not-for-profit look like a brand that you want to be a part of always, yeah. for me, is the thing that stuck out. And um, That's all made that. In, in UK, they do such yeah. an incredible job. Thank, thank to made thought for everything that they do for us. Yeah. And I got to imagine, Ryan, Andrew, like at that moment, right, you never thought you'd be in this sort of uh, sort of situation and you kind of take a look at your life, I would imagine, and think about what you've done and what you've contributed. And right. obviously it's a lot and it's, it's an incredible resource. We'll get into sort of, you know, more about the die line and how many years you've been running it. But to be able to sort of like, have that awakening and be like, wow, I'm contributing to uh, some of the problem. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. The planet is, is facing. And I definitely have experienced that a little bit looking at like some of those photos and like seeing plastic bottles I've designed in the rubbish. And you're like, oh no. But I imagine having a surgery like that and having a life moment that like kind of makes you realize that you're only here for so long and not to get too yeah. dark, but like you have to try to, you know, leave the world in a better place than where you found it. And that's absolutely. Right, it, like it, I, absolutely, and I feel like that's ways, just that's, human nature to a large degree. You want to leave the world a better place from the world, you know, yeah. that it was when you lived there. And and I think that's so important as we talk about packaging, right? And I think it's been kind of a hard road, I would say, for packaging to get to the place that it's at now. And I still think there's a long way to go. And so, like, I guess we can get into a little bit of die line. Like, what year does the die line start officially as a, on a, as a website on the internet? 2005, six or seven. <laughs> I'm like around there. Yeah. Well, 2005, you told me that you wanted to start a blog. And I, okay. my first thing was all, what is a blog? And yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a thing back then. 2007. I literally had to look at the, the other Yeah, page. 2007 was when he started it. But it was yeah. also the year that blog was the word of the year. Gotcha. So it's and, and blog was this point, like new thing. Were you interested more in like, inspiration were you interested in more in the business side of things like what were you like what was the impetus for starting a yeah. design website so i went to design school because i never wanted to run a business <laughs> i never wanted to you know get into business i wanted to be a designer i wanted to be on you know the the back end of things Bad news um, for you, Andrew. <laughs> right exactly yeah <laughs> had no idea what i was signing myself up for um but i started it because of the inspiration i i was working at this job uh, just getting working for the same company and we we had to do so much packaging in such a little amount of time um and, and i needed inspiration and this was before pinterest so i'm just i told jessica i was like i'm gonna start a blog and i started 
started, I think that weekend or the next weekend. And it was just kind of collecting my favorite packaging that I have found so far and just putting it online. And, and that was, that was it. That, there was yeah. no bigger idea beyond that. It was just like, okay, well, if I need inspiration, there's probably other people. So like, let's start a little thing and see what happens. How would you find inspiration like pre, um, like, I guess we would go to Target. (laughs) I would literally go into Target with my my digital camera. This is like, you know, before iPhones even, I could, you know, it was easily snap a picture. I'm like pulling out a digital camera in Target um, to take pictures of just, you know, cool brands and cool bottles, cool designs that that I found. I'd get kicked out from security. Um, and then and I tried to source the project. Okay, I finally figure out. Okay, this design firm designed it. Reach out to them. They're like, mm, no, we don't want to get. We don't want to get featured. Thank you. No, no we're good. <laughs> and we got that so much. And that was for the first few years. It was just like, oh no, like. And it was a thing where like they didn't design firms didn't want uh, other design firms to know know who their clients were. It was a very uh, like secretive thing where they're like, no, we don't want other firms to know who our clients are. Free cloud internet. Right. Yeah. 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 And at that point, I imagine you still have a job, right? That's not a full time gig, right? You guys are he's moonlighting. He's moonlighting and he's asking if we can find projects and we're using Photoshop eight to like clip out images to put on the site. (laughs) And um, yeah, no, it's like it's It's totally passion project. Yeah. 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 Andrew definitely put in 24 hours worth of work because he was working full time and then working at night and nights and weekends yeah nights and weekends so yeah. at what point do you think that you realized that a package design website could be a business and that it was something that you could kind of like do in place of a job what yeah you- it's so i was working as a creative director for a beverage development company um in in, in uh california here called power brands and they now they do a lot of stuff for the pepsis of the world they're a really great great firm for beverage development um and while i was working there it was when it started becoming we started selling advertising and, and we sold one one ad and it just was like fr- from selling one ad it was every other design agency had to be on die line because this one competitor was, you know, oh, my competitor's up there. I need to be on there too. So we ended up selling out, you know, a a year's worth of advertising in a matter of a month or two. And it was my boss, uh, Darren over there, the the owner of the company, where I showed up to work one day and he was like, all right, I need you to come sit in my office. And I was like, okay, this is weird. And he's like, I have to let you know that you're fired. (laughs) I was just like, "Uh, I didn't think that, you know, this was gonna, this was gonna be my day. Um, But he was like, no, you're, you're, you're no longer as of today you no longer work for me um but you work for yourself so you're going to continue coming to work that is now your office uh your office and i'm going to help you launch your business because he saw it as this is viable you're making money there's revenue coming in um and that was just the jump start that that kicked it off and and can i side note with darren for a second like if you ever meet darren my god like he is this insane like blunt does not hold anything back like just like traveling with him is insane everything about darren like he's gone he to just business. go for it goes he for just it. goes for it he's gone to business meeting with like two girls like it's weird like it's just like wow this is darren he an la guy original from south africa but he's in la um drives a porsche at the time i don't know what he drives now but um but 
this story is just such a weird thing because I'm like, how did Darren enter your life? Like, I don't understand how this happened, but that's I, I needed a, I needed a job when I when I when I got hired by him. It was in, in Van Nuys and in, in deep in L.A. And I, I lived in, I think, Orange County still at the time or, or Long Beach. So it, this was like, you know, recession time. Jobs are hard to come by. And it was just like a wide, wide search for a job. And I found a great opportunity. It was like, okay, fuck, it's Van Van Nuys. This is like, I'm going to have to move. I'm going to have to commute two hours each way, whatever. I need a job. And I remember going to my interview and I had my laptop and I was showing him through my portfolio. And he was like, I don't need to see anything more. You're hired. I was like, excuse me. I was like, well, how much are you going to pay me? Like, you know, let's start, let's start there. But it was just this thing where he was like, and listen, I'll tell you this first. You, you are not going to last long here because you are too good to work here. And wow. I just remember him telling me that. And I was like, that is wild because I'm desperate for a job. Please hire me and be like, I promise if you hire me, I'm going to stay a long time. Um, and it was just one of those things where he kind of just saw something in me that I didn't really see in myself yet at that point. Um, but he saw that little sliver and he really helped mentor me into the, the person and, and businessman I am today. What a legend. Shout out, shout out Darren. Come on the pod. Shout I hired you. And then he was like, you start your new job tomorrow. No, and he helped. Yeah. He helped him. Yeah. Like, he became an advertiser. No, but he also Jeez. helped you like with resources because he had. A oh, everything. Yeah. So he, oh. Andrew uses an accountant. He used his, you know, yeah. all the resources that he had. So Darren's a cool guy, but Darren, but if you meet Darren, you're like, he's a character. He's Amazing. definitely a character. <laughs> is he involved in any way today or just kind of more just like, no, just as, not as today. Yeah, yeah, just as a, a good friend who I Supporter. can like, reach out to it at any time I need to. And if I ever need something or have an idea that I don't know where to go, he's always someone I can just, he's always really? there and I can pick his brain. I love that. So uh, you guys obviously both uh, main character energy. Um, <laughs> you, we talked about it, right? Very opinionated people. You guys, uh, you know, you've been in this, uh, you know, sort of a, uh, uh, entrepreneurial husband and wife uh, relationship for a, for for a long work work wife or work husbands uh, work we're wives. like really gross like it's like husband wife brother sister best friends so incestuous yeah. so gross yeah so what's the know. key <laughs> to a working relationship uh, for the people out there and maybe for Kevin and I as we you know sort of embark on this working relationship that we have what what are the, what are the tips what tips you got for us guys? um Ooh. well okay therapy <laughs> so we have our therapy yes. sessions at the same time on our calendar <laughs> so that is very key to and we do that it. intentionally it's just so great for scheduling when we can Schedule both be in therapy oh, they're the separate time. though they're separate, they're separate. Oh, no, we, don't, we don't have but like joint same, therapy no but the same Wait, have you ever time. done joint therapy no no we haven't no but i i would consider it i would consider like, it too yeah, yeah that's consider. fun and I, then I, I love therapy i do too and andrew therapy's helped andrew a ton and i hope for me it's helped me a ton but We've only had, I would say, three really hard fights and like yeah. one scream match. And it was obviously me. Ooh, okay, let's break yeah. it down. What were yeah. they about? So, who, yeah, we've who, only had what? like a couple of scream matches, but it's a very yin yang. And then yeah. we've had a transformative year this year about partnerships and, you know, going into business with people and understanding those type of dynamics. So we saw the, uh, we've been fortunate to see the other side of things and it made me appreciate our relationship even more because I was like, oh, down deep through the core, 
he respects me when what I bring and I respect him for what he brings, yeah. no matter how much he pisses me off sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and like and likewise, trust oh, yeah. me. Yes, yeah, and likewise. <laughs> likewise. So yeah, so um, so that's what it comes down to. You have to respect the other person no matter what. Yeah. And then um I think I think therapy has helped with egos because I think this industry can be very egotistical. A lot of yeah. people have a lot of egos and extremely. A lot of, mm-hmm. Yeah. So therapy therapy. And egos. I I, I, I routinely kill my ego. Oh, you, oh, how? Yeah. How do you kill it? Ego death. I'm just hella based, and I just uh, I thought you know, for a second you I, guys I subject took, myself for, uh, you know to ego death quite frequently. That's yeah. good. Yeah, that's a key to Kevin's uh, his just general zen. Is he he kills his ego? Um, I thought you guys took um, had couple therapy. I was like, no, but I'm, I'm open to it. That. That'd be fun. I'm down. <laughs> but fun. you just do them at the same time. Because I'm a big proponent of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kevin Alex and I therapy? are uh, a day apart. I think we're both. Oh uh, yeah, I'm Wednesday morning. You guys got to get it at the same I, time. I do Tuesday. I do Tuesday. He does Wednesday. Mm. Yeah. And then so I do gotta, Friday, every other Friday. <laughs> we got to work on. It. <laughs> I actually just I actually just fired my guy because I was just like I'm, oh. doing, I'm doing I'm I'm doing too good. You know. <laughs> there you go. Good you feel that? No, I'm, I'm just kidding. He we're uh, no. we took a month break, but now we're we're we're, we're oh. back on track. That's I have true. actually thought about that a lot about like being like with my therapist, like who I, I agree. I think therapy for everyone is so important. Yeah. But do I, do, I do have sometimes some weeks where I'm like, am I really, am I, am I paying this guy just to tell him like, <laughs> like, just to complain about work? Like, I don't know. Like it, 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 it definitely, it's a, it's a racket therapy, but it is also. For sure. I mean, some weeks I'll I'll have like nothing to say and I'll just be like, here's a little update and it's 20 minutes. And I'm like, all right, that's all I got. I don't know what else to say. And we'll just end early and it's cool. It's fine. There's other weeks that, you know, I need two hours. I'm crying. There's some, you know, something I'm going through and something I need help with. But yeah, no, therapy, honestly, it's the best thing. I recommend it for everybody. I've been in it for a long time. Um, Who's your favorite writer and why is it Rudy? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bill, Bill and Rudy and Chloe are our favorite writers. We uh, don't have favorites. Mom and dad don't have favorites, guys. No. <laughs> they all do something we, different. We love them equally. It's, yeah. it's true. Yeah, it's true. They all do something different. They do an amazing job. Where uh, where do you find these uh, this cast of characters that write uh, for the Dylan? We've oh well, okay, here we go. Here's a good story. Um so when I I started working with Andrew full time, he was like, I gotta grow the business blah, blah, blah. And I was mm-hmm. like, Ugh, I'm going to leave my professional job with all these bennies and all this shit. And I'm going to go help my friend out. But we are good together because I am really good at with people. So like I'm the uh-huh. people person. So I'm the person that's like interviewing, finding people, getting them like good judge of character, like they're going to be a good fit. So I started to take the role on interviewing people. So I take credit for finding some people. Absolutely. And then I, so I do a round of writers. Like when we found Bill, I did, we found people that I said, Hey, there's this one guy I think you should interview him. And that's how Bill came on board. And that's how Chloe and, um, and they've stayed on so long too. It's great. Um, but yeah, they're, yeah, it's like children. You don't have favorites. They all do something different. I love them. And they all have the craziest sense of humor. (laughs) Yeah, they do. They they really do an amazing job of again. Like, there's so many packaging stories. Like, there's so many sort of pieces of inspiration. And so, at at a certain point, you're like, "This all looks really good. It's all really, you know, visually interesting." And it's like, it's hard to find new ways to describe things. 
and I just I'm, I'm always impressed by how in depth the research is and how sort of how hard they go on these articles. And I imagine they kind of, you know, they come quick and they they do a pretty good job of, you know, summarizing what's going on, but also giving you some a little bit of personality. I think that's also a big part of the dial. And it's like yeah. it's not just pretty pictures. I feel like in the year that we've done this podcast, I've I think I've noticed like, you know, the progression of the dial on articles kind of like, you know, it's it's a steady climb like like. They keep getting better. Like they keep finding like the stories. They keep being like early. Like they're reporting stuff at the same time as like complex or like hype beast or whatever. Like I've got a question out of that is like how has packaging news changed since like you guys taking pictures at Target, being like, "Hey, designers, look at this new toothpaste." To like today, where it is. Big question alert. Dun dun dun. I mean, it, it, there's a, such a huge focus on sustainability now. So there's there's that piece. It's like yeah. the, the, the plastic problem. So, you know, yes. putting putting that piece aside there, there's that. Um, but go ahead, Jess, you're going to say something. Well, I just think it's like brands are um, touching into different branding touch points, which is digital. And so they're getting yeah. crazy with like drops and limited edition and brand collabs and just like really breaking all the rules and doing whatever they want with packaging. And I think less structured, less formal. Yeah. And less like there's just, which also creates more waste, but um, they're like creating just these like limited edition, like Cheetos with like for two, like cannabis and these special earphones and only a hundred made and get it. So baloney face mask. Baloney you know. face Yeah. Crazy stuff that like, I think, I don't know. That's the biggest change I've seen in the last few years is just this like limited edition, crazy stuff that people want to get their hands on, but it probably derivative from fashion and like Supreme and the drops and the shoes yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. And then now it got into packaging and products. So that's been really cool to see. Um, but yeah, that's sustainable aside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, I mean, I think it's two equally <laughs> uh, counterintuitive or counterproductive, you know, sides of it where it's like package, I said this the other day, and it's like, I, I think we've talked about this before. It's like limited edition packaging has become sort of like the new advertising campaign for a oh, lot yeah. of brands. And it's like, they could go make a 60 second commercial with Wine and Kennedy, or they can go team up with Taco Bell and make some limited edition, you know, Mountain Dew Taco Bell flavor and put it in cans and make a hundred of them and ship them out. And I, I think that's become a, a, an actual way to get people relevance and people's eyeballs on things. And yeah, while we've been doing this podcast, like the original thought was like the week in design news, just period. Right. And I was like, in my head, I was like, okay, well, that will be brand you know rebrands or um you know sort of uh, maybe some designer says something does something scandalous or something and like um and, and just like what's going on in in general brands in the world of brands in the world right. of brand and design and what i've started to see again even just in this one year it's like there's not that many media sources for this kind of stuff even today like because it's 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 like where do you go outside of the die line and i'm being completely honest here it's like when we go to try to find stories, we're like going to like fast company and they don't, they don't particularly do a good job. Of I don't, we haven't had a, like fast company is very dry. Yeah. They don't wow. do like 24 seven news cycle stuff. They're doing more like long form pieces or sort of like yeah. the thought pieces. And then it's like ad week is kind of like a big place where like they, they're you gotta, in you the gotta pay for like, that bullshit. Yeah. And you have to pay for it. Who do you guys see as like, I don't want to say competition, but like, who do you like, who else is out there? Like, I guess 
to Kevin's point, complex and high stability and some of these yeah. like more fashion oriented sites are kind of dabbling into branding territory. So, yeah. And yeah, I think like, that's great. Some somebody on TikTok called this the the um vice the 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 vice of brands. Oh no, the buzzfeed. The buzzfeed. The, the buzzfeed, that's feet. right. Yeah, the, the buzzfeed of brands and packaging. And I thought that was a great a great, you know, kind of descriptor because with packaging, there's, it's such a part of our, our culture and it always has been. And, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's transitioning and changing into being even more of a part of our culture as these brands use the packaging as their primary medium for marketing. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's covering that is, is just as important. These kind of special campaigns and the special things these brands do, these brands do, it's just as important as covering like, okay, the design of the package itself. Yeah. yeah, you should guys start doing quizzes. Like, what type of bottle are you, you know? Just, uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a BuzzFeed joke for the kids at home. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's so interesting because, again, like, I feel like you guys have gone through the sort of different waves of things. And, of course, like, you know, starts with just, like, a, a resource for something that I imagine, Andrew, wanted to exist, right? Like, you didn't have it, so you're like, I'm going to make it, and yeah. other people probably want it. And now it's become sort of, like, an award show, and you guys are involved in sort of, like, you know, the how design live and conferences and, 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 and so many other things. So um, that's not really a question. It's just more of like, uh, <laughs> it's a statement of fact of like how much design has changed and how much people's awareness and interest in it is changing. And um, what do you think, like, where does it go from here? I know it's a, another big question, uh, but like, where, where, where do you like sustainability also maybe, you know, I guess is the answer, right? Which is like, should I, should we be worried as a company that does mostly you know does a lot of package design like are are we going to be eliminated from the place of the earth or are we um, if you know, if you know if you're able to design sustainable packaging you won't be yeah and, what if we did, what if we it, just want to design stuff that just like we drink it and then we just like throw it in the river you know no big deal the the thing is with plastic you know it's it's consumers like sixty three percent of consumers associate plastic with ocean pollution so it's just a problem our industry is facing as as a material. Anything in plastic is, is considered this toxic ocean pollution now. And that's how consumers and the mainstream are seeing it. Um, and especially the, the younger generation, it's 86% of um, younger consumers will pay more for sustainable package and they'll pay like 39 and a half percent more. Um, which Andrew is, just broke out it, so many stats, right? <laughs> you, guys, you guys catch that, Kevin? Yeah, I got, yeah, I got it. You like, you like that? Yeah, yeah I, I love that. Right Where does this start? It's, like, it's like, it's all in my talk, actually. Uh, you yeah, can see it on the uh, dialogue hard. webinar. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, the, the, num the numbers don't lie. And you can really see through numbers where things are heading and where, where things are, are going. And plastic in the future is going to be seen as even worse and worse, you know, risk. It'll be seen as a risk for brands versus, I, a, yeah. you know, a standard. I they don't want to be associated. Right. right. I, I think that the future is also for us is going to be being able to provide resources to people in order to find the manufacturer, the yes. vendor, um, how to do it, a sustainable package designer, an engineer. Like that's where Andrew and I, his head is at in regards to like, how can we provide the community the resources they need in order to do this? Because they know the problem, but the first thing everybody's like, well, where the fuck yes. do I find this? Yes. And cost and like machines and availability like, is avail the biggest. Yeah. Where can I get it in the scale and the size that I need? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's not fair, right? We can be activists and talk about it all day, but if you're not really giving anybody some resources to like be like, yeah. yo, this is where you can go for this or whatever, then we're not being fair. 
Yeah. But yeah. so guys... with that being said, <laughs> uh-oh, here we go. Like, here that's a great segue. No. Um, so in June, we are launching, we partnered with the Plastic Planet. Um, we are launching plasticfree.com. Um, and it's a uh, global material research database and trend service for sustainable packaging. Um, we're focusing on the packaging areas, fashion areas, and built space architecture areas, because those are the three big industries where materials in, in, in these categories, designers need to know what materials they are able to work with and where they're able to find them and source them until they're able to actually use them at scale. And unless they have that information, then we're not going to get to where we need to go. Absolutely. Because yeah. there's some people I, there, out there, myself included, who would say, you know, time's time's running out. The, uh, you know, the shot clock is uh, <laughs> right. it's, it's ticking no. down and uh, we're doing some pretty uh, bad damage mm-hmm. to this place. And we need to get this ship going. Yeah. 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 It's it's happening. But yeah, it's for designers. It's like it's a lot of stuff. I'm sure for you guys, too. It's like the client convincing them, the design, like all these things, like their costs. There's so much in that. Um, but at some point you've got to be like, okay, like you, seriously though, we've got to do something. Because- we just, we just have to, <laughs> yeah. we're yeah. at the point where just, we, we, as designers, we have to do something. It's, it's really up to us to, to a lot, a large degree. Yeah. And I, there was a John Oliver special or segment on recycling and kind of put the emphasis, not on the people to do the recycling, but on the companies that make the yep. products. Cause at the end of the day, right. You can separate your garbage and put one thing in recycling and put one thing in, in another, and it's not going to change the world. That's just yeah. that plastic is just exists. And it just goes to a different place. And to your point, like it just doesn't, it, that's not where change is going to come from. Where change Nine, is really only gonna, only yeah. 9% of plastic ever gets recycled, no matter how much recycling goes into that recycle. And also it's like a political infrastructure thing. Like, you know, San Francisco is a state that's totally different in regards to the recycling, but you go to Arkansas in the middle of whatever, I don't think they're sorting and I don't think the facility is putting things in. There's, you know, there's no composting facility. There's no compost and... facility in the middle of the world, uh, the United States, I'll tell you that much. So yeah, so unless there is, I'm sorry if there is, but no, I'm, I'm just saying like different cities, it's very political. The infrastructure is not there. So that's not going to work. It's just, yeah. Most places do not have the infrastructure to support sustainability. No. And and again, at the end of the day, it's like the companies that make the products, the Coca-Cola's and you know, the big producers of plastic of Mm -hmm. the world, they, if if they're making the plastic, then no recycling that you do from a consumer level is going to make any difference whatsoever. Yeah. How do we put their feet to the fire? Well, by looking at it from a different perspective, like, you know, if, if Exxon dumps a, a ton of oil in the ocean, they're responsible for it and they're responsible for cleaning it up. But when Coca-Cola dumps a, a ton of fossil fuel pollution in the ocean, like w- where's their responsibility? How are they being held responsible? They're, they're not no. what, and whatsoever. Another thing that uh, I thought the John Oliver special did that um, I'm recalling now as we're talking is they were always like the 20 year plan. Like we're going to do this yeah. in 10 years. Like we're yeah. in 10 years, we're going to be, yeah. you know, less 20% less plastic. And then they just like, people don't remember that they yep. made a promise in the past. And so they're just like, like they're just pushing the date back and being like, Oh, 2020 mm-hmm. is already, you know, 2025. Yeah, well, it's, 20, yeah. it's 2030 now. now it's, yeah. the, yeah. it's the new, new benchmark. That shit yeah. I remember uh, just do it. 2020 right vision. That was always the thing. Like it was mm-hmm. like, oh, we have a 2020 vision because it made a lot of sense. It's a good pun. And it's like now 2020 has come and gone. It's like you, you didn't do what Whoops. you said you were going to do. And they're is like anyone the there pandemic. Hold- the pandemic. Yeah, holding like, them oh, accountable. Right. <laughs> the pandemic. I mean, it's, it's, it's a it's a it's a 
plastic, it's a production problem. We have to stop producing so much plastic. That's it. That's the only solution there is to it. And I think plastic. We love plastic. I mean, honestly, like plastic is a very great material to use. And I think that's ultimately like why people like it and then, or why people use it so much because it's cheap and it's easy and it's just like for restaurants and for products. You use it for anything. (laughs) And then, you know, I've always had this thought too. It's like using like the plastic straw analogy. It's like people will, people want to be better, right? They want to make the better choice. But if the paper straw sucks and you, it breaks halfway through your coffee, like, that's not a solution that can work. And so the new die line rollout, I imagine, will help people find good solutions because people aren't going to sacrifice. I think that's also one yeah. of the things. I there are like, good people, paper straws out there, though. There's no, but now ones. they have better plastic alternative straws that feel yeah. like plastic that you don't you can't tell the difference. Also, but they, here's a hot take. Uh, maybe you don't need a straw. Maybe just uh, right. I think so only a certain population needs a straw yeah. for for whatever reason. It's a very small percentage of people sure. have. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, but um the biggest thing we teach our students is consumer behavior. So also that has to be accounted for. You have to change your behavior. There's no other way to. You can design some things that are great, but if you don't change the consumer behavior, and that also has to be considered into how you redesign things. Um, you yeah. know, people don't want to separate even recycled things, but you have no. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You I feel like there's it. a lot of consumer misbehavior out there. Yes. yes. Naughty, but, yeah. but naughty you can blame them. <laughs> no, I don't you think you should. Yeah, like, you uh, can't yeah. blame them. It's not consumers' fault. They're not in no. control of the recycling system. Yeah, but no. everyone's no. aware of the problems. So like, of course, of course. they're not going to make it. It's uh, <laughs> consumers buy what they are sold, and until these massive CPG companies sell them something better, what choice do consumers have? They no. have no choice. I agree. And I think that the thing that's finally making a difference, in my opinion, from you know, from my seat, is that a new generation of people think that if you are a brand that's selling plastic, that you are not worth spending money on. Yeah, that's and totally cringe. That, that's that's cringe. That's it's so cringe. It's chewy. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you know, you shouldn't. Ew. Yeah, gross. Yeah. It's gross. Un- deeply uncool. Bomb. And like, to, be, to be honest, that's making brands because it's finally, you know, affecting their bottom line. Right. And so I think that and not to make it like so so like capitalistic and awful, but it's true. I think companies now because of a new generation of kids like Kevin that are like I'm not going to I'm not going to put my dollars towards products and companies that I believe are doing wrong for people or planet and therefore then the big companies of the cokes of the world are like fuck, we got to fucking change our approach because Kevin's not going to support us. He's not going to buy our shit. And there's and more Kevin, Kevin shit old, on his podcast about him. How 27. 27. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you don't want to buy that stuff, huh? No. Nah. <laughs> and you and shouldn't. Again, and, and he shouldn't. And again, there's there's more Kevins coming out every day. That's yeah. the thing. And it's like they, and, and brands that are repackaging, you know, water, shout out to Liquid Death, you know, is Love it's Liquid. a it's a very easy win for them to be like we're water in 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 aluminum and it's it's you know and and therefore don't fucking drink smart water. Right. Simple as that. Right. Did you see the redesign of smart water by the way? I have seen it. Yeah, do you want to I saw it in stores. Water. I saw it in stores. It's very bold and it says it's, smart very yeah. boldly on the. You're not I, drinking um, smart water, you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> 
I am. Um, I'm gonna reserve uh, judgment. No, I'm kidding. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to let you know that it's out. That's there. fair. Actually, no, can't I, believe I, we I've haven't been, talked have... about it on the podcast yet. Yeah. Um, and how smart? How smart is all that plastic in this day and age? Well, that's the thing. It's like it's funny now. I look at Smart Water and I look at Vitamin Water and I look at Coke and I look at all the brands that I used to care deeply about, and I see them through through the lens of Kevin, and I'm like, what? Why would I buy this plastic? you know, no. tw- 20 ounce bottle and then drink it in, you know, one hour and just toss it. Like, well, that's... to a large degree, you made that cool. Well, I'm, I'm responsible. So I'm, I'm, Brett, that's how why... does that make you feel? Yeah. No, I feel, I feel like, uh, I feel, <laughs> I feel, responsible. I feel responsible. We, yeah. That's, we, all but... have, we, we all hold the responsibility. We all... Yeah. And I think now, of course, right. You know, it's easy to say, well, we're only going to pitch sustainable options to our clients. Yeah. It's like, to your point though, earlier, like that's not always easy either. Like it's there's, not, there's it's a huge pricing. And I do think you're solving, you're getting to the heart of what the problem is, I think, which is people will do it if they have the solutions and they can find them in an affordable way and they don't cost a penny more <laughs> than what yeah. they. And a, a lot of sustainable uh, solutions are either at par or below. They, they cost less. There, there's a lot of options where you can actually go sustainable and, and even spend less. I think it's going to get better and better, but it's also important to provide those resources to people just because it's, it's tough. It's a tough sell. And and right now, I think the tide is turning a little bit, but before it used to be such a privilege to be sustainable. It's fucking expensive to buy yeah. stuff yeah. that was, it's like a, it was like a luxury. Now it's not getting as much. There's a lot of brands out there that are so attainable and affordable that you can have alternatives, but it's not as out there. And I think there's also a generational gap, like the Kevins of the world are probably more in tune with that. But if you're a certain age group, you don't know. You're just familiar with your brands that you know. So, you know, it's tough. It's I don't think they're looking for startups that are like, oh, look at this crazy startup. I can order in subscription and save all this like material. I don't think a certain generation is doing that. What so. do you like in terms of loop systems? Like, I know that seems to be like one of the key solutions. And we're going to get yeah. to topics here in a second. Like, is that the answer? Is the answer like buying it's something one of the answers. And, okay it has yeah, to be, it's, it's one of the answers it's attainable that loop system is is attainable but not as attainable as it could be it needs to be even yeah. more attainable like new york and la yeah we can get into subscription loop but like again i'll use arkansas again. yeah are they, can they get delivery loop so there's there's three main <laughs> factors that are kind of drive that we're driving towards in sustainable packaging it's replacing water getting rid of water and not shipping around all the water we're shipping around when most products are like 90% water. So that's number one. Um, number two is replacing materials that, with materials that we already have. Aluminum, glass, paper. Um, paper is going to be one of the biggest materials of the future. Um, and then it's circular, what, what I call permanent packaging. Packaging that is designed to be used over and over and over again. And that's the loop systems of the world. And there's a great place for all of those because they all solve different problems. And the, the food category is really, really hard um, because there's so many regulations that how the food has to be processed and treated and how long it, it has to, to hold in the containers and sit on shelf. That's a big challenge. Uh, loop is one of the one of the things that it will really help with that and really solve that piece of the system, the, the kind of everyday day to day goods. The other thing is the innovative packaging with like the seaweeds and the crabs, crab shells turn into yeah. something or whatever. Uh-huh. Those are really cool and very innovative, but it's tough with food and like health and uh health and beauty because it interferes with the formulas or interferes with the food. So there's a place for those kind of innovative materials. 
Um, it can't go in everything. So, but I think, like I said, we're getting there. Like we're getting yeah. into this like place where it's like, oh, okay. Like the, I call it the Alka-Seltzer's design where you just put tabs to things and add water. Like That's so yes. much of that, so much of that is out there now. Yeah. Um, the problem with those things is they don't really have packaging on shelf, and that's our whole business. So, um, uh, what are we? <laughs> what, kind, how, how are we gonna? How are we gonna make money, you guys? No, I'm kidding. How, how, um, am, I gonna, how am I gonna? No, this the starter <laughs> kit sits on shelf with the refill, so it's an opportunity for multiple SKUs instead of just one. Yeah, I like the uh, alternative uh, uh, sort of materials solution because uh, the key is: can we still put a logo on it, and can we still brand it, and can we still design on it? And uh, I have. As Alex, long as I have a feeling it's going to change, yeah, I that all the time. Design's uh, going to come second, guys. Verbal like name. The future's now, first. old man. I don't. I don't like change. Not at all. Get, get um, with it. Get with right. it. Just, you're not going to be able to print on that mushroom stuff. Mm, yeah, mm. get it out of here. Mm, no. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. How do I? How do I put a full color image on, on mushroom packaging? Is that no. possible? No. Mm. Oh, fuck. Okay, no. guys. We need a whole. We need a whole new business plan, Kevin, and it revolves yeah. around this podcast. So, uh, we better. We better start monetizing. Yeah. No. No packaging on a podcast. No, I mean, I mean, what do you guys think? There is the, definitely environmental concerns. But. What do you guys think of this whole, uh, you know, Web three metaverse, you know, thing about the digital packaging and digital everything? Like, you guys, I, you know, I hope like one day, Andrew, you, we print out our text messages from like all of these years and just create a book. Yeah. So one random day, like Sunday, I was like, "Did you? Do you have crypto money? Like, do you invest it? Like, we went into this whole thing about yeah. like this whole situation, and I was just like, like I understand it, totally get it, and I'm like, what? I think it's great. Like the metaverse. I, I recently saw somebody. I recently saw startup brands invite me through Eventbrite to a metaverse farmer's market and you got first pick on their products and a discount, but you had to go into the metaverse and go to their farmer's market and buy some stuff. So and that what was, are you going to do with that stuff? You got, is that goggles? no, it was actual stuff you ordered, but you had to go to okay. the metaverse, got to it. the farmer's market, the meta store, the <laughs> meta store and the farmer's market and go get it. And then you got a special discount because you purchased it through the metaverse. I'd rather pay mm. more money to not. That's go to yeah, I'd rather pay more money to go to the store and uh, and and not have to go to Zucker Zuckerberg. And, and that's the thing with packaging; like it's physical. You can't really get around it. You you yeah. need a physical thing to carry things that you're gonna buy. So yeah. you can't, to a large degree, you can't digitize packaging because, like, if you get rid of the packaging, then where are you gonna put your milk? <laughs> like, you know, mm. just doesn't it's digital it's milk so now. necessary. But we got digital milk. Yeah, we got uh, NFT milk, met metaverse, NFT, crypto. I was like, what? What are we? What is all this? And then I, I think NFT is cool. I think it's so think it's so yeah. fun for artists right now and designers to be able to open a whole new world of being able to to sell their designs and things like that. I think that's super cool, and I think that definitely we're 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 going down that path. Um, we're we're early. It's a whole wild west out there. So yeah, I I don't know where the future of that is going. How awful is it though when Bud Light launches NFTs like as part of their new packaging? Like, how do you Bud Light feel about that? Promotions? The brands, like, do, does every brand need an NFT at this point? You even listen to uh, our podcast? I know. I <laughs> Sounds know. like um, say, someone uh, hasn't been listening. I, no, I listen She's like, to, no, actually, I don't. No, it's I okay. Do. It's, it's okay. It's okay. It comes out every last week. week. 
no, last week's episode is funny. Like, oh, this tastes like space. Did you guys know yeah. this tastes like energy? Like, yeah, I know. It's so- She listened so- last week, Kevin, in preparation listen- for no, this week. No, I Ooh, listened to Wait. the episodes. <laughs> I listened to the episodes. But no, I know. I-, I don't know. I feel like it's cool. Like, just get on it. Stop. Yeah, let's just. I think there are brands <laughs> that are doing it in a cool way. Not to shout Liquid Death again. Um, but there are brands that have an actual reason to launch NFTs in, in okay. right. NFTs is a way for, to galvanize a community of, of fans in a way that gives them sort of like exclusives as you were talking about, yeah. like Jessica and like, they feel like they own a piece of it. They own a piece of a company yeah. and they want to be a part of it. I think. And, and also incredibly cool for like uh digital artists, like you said, Andrew, like yeah. artists that are like making art that like has had no value really until this moment. And then all of a sudden they're you know able to sell it and make Shout money off of their digital. Yeah. We we've had a couple of artists or people that we, you know, that we actually think are doing cool stuff and they're taking advantage of it and they should and they deserve to be paid for it. I think where it becomes incredibly gimmicky for me is like when a brand is like, hey, I'm going to, you know, as part of our new launch of our new product, we're making 100 NFTs. And it's like nobody like it, it's just yeah. more like it's it's a, it's it's a way to say we're, we're we're cool. We get it. Or we're part of this thing. And, and I what that, I really hate is yeah. when that brand hasn't launched yet. It's all mm. in pre-launch and we're launching a, a 100 NFTs and you have to buy them. Yeah. And the problem is it's like, OK, you're funding a business with NFTs. Is that yeah. You know, is that the right direction? I'm not sure. No, and I I I see that a lot. I do agree though that environment. Yeah, NFTs are bad (laughs) for the environment too. Which again, I don't understand because it's all digital. But apparently, there's uh, it it takes power. Yeah, it takes power. Energy, kind of like cryptocurrency, where the blockchain Mm, and it's too much energy. And now these tech bros are buying islands to get as much energy as they possibly Mm. can. And it's all old power plants. Yeah, old power plants and all this craziness. I heard they were making, uh, they were putting a crypto farm by a volcano in like uh, Central America to harness the energy to just keep churning up that crypto. I mean, it's smart. If they're developing better, you know, energy, you know, ways to harness electricity, I guess that's not bad for humanity. No, that's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, g- generations or d- decades or new new people will come into the earth. Uh, everything is changing, but tech bros will still find a way to be <laughs> tech bros, I guess. Yeah, right? Tech, tech, tech bros, bros will still find a way to be total douchebags. That's right. They will never <laughs> cease to be douchebags. Yeah, shout out to um, any tech guys, bros who listen. We we wanted to, today is, uh, the, this podcast is coming out on 420. Um, and so it is a weed smoking holiday. I don't know if you guys partake. Um I, I'm, I'm, I'm high so, as fuck right now. Kevin, super high. You can't tell. <laughs> Good for I, you. I, I like to microdose uh, THC gummies, um, nice. as I've talked about on the That's podcast, fun. which is um, makes me uh, a wimp. But I highly recommend it for those that get paranoid or get anxious when they smoke weed and they're like, oh, I need to go home and like, you know, be in the dark room and only watch TV and go to sleep. In fetal position. I need to be in fetal position. In the dark room. <laughs> yes. uh, I found very small dosage. That works for me. But again, um, do you guys partake? Well, yes. we're from LA, Southern right. California. It's, mm, born and raised. It's hard not to. It's hard. It's everywhere. Of course. <laughs> but um, when I wasn't pregnant and I mm. had kids. Oh, congratulations! Was, yeah, thank you. But it Sorry. was fun. But now it's like, ugh. Yeah. Kids. No kids, so it's still fun for me. Yeah, um, that's right. <laughs> yeah. No kids. Yeah. Um, I, I smoke. I smoked before all of my um, health stuff. And I found that after it is so much different because it actually is genuinely very helpful. Oh, and great. I fa- yeah. And I found um, edibles are the thing that helped me the most. 
it's it's hard because like I can't be on edibles all day, which would be great, but like you know, I yes. literally get nothing done. <laughs> but like you know, evenings and weekends where I like carve out the time, I can just like literally be on a lot of edibles, and for the first time, I'll feel like what it feels like to like not be in pain, and I'll ah. get these like you know hour blips of just like wow, my body actually is relaxed, and I feel for the first time in weeks that I'm not in pain, even wow. if it's just for an hour, and that so gives just, me like you're just doing edibles right now. No, I smoke too, but I, I primarily um, have been doing, I've been do- doing a lot of edibles. It's just a lot of edibles. Yeah. They've been a, a bit more helpful. That's amazing. Uh, in New York, they f- like, finally we are legal here. And so yeah. they yeah. have Literally like people selling it on the streets. Bodegas. Buy it in bodegas. Like, hey, yeah. Because they're so it's, behind. It's cr- it's no, wild. I know, but old it's, news. yeah, I know. We're old. <laughs> thing. We're, we're behind. We, have, we have drive-thrus over here. I'm honestly. <laughs> delivers it, guys. <laughs> I don't think it'll be great for the city when there's like a bunch of like dispensaries everywhere and like all the yeah. delivery apps go in. Like it's going to be, it's going to be a mess. I went into a store the other day and it's just like smokers world. And it's just like, they're selling weed just like at a, like a regular drugstore, like, or just a bodega. It's like, you can get yeah. a bacon, egg and cheese. You can get a six pack. <laughs> you can get like uh, you can get a bag of weed and or a couple, three joints for 20 That sounds bucks. amazing. I mean, that's a great business model. <laughs> just well, like everything in one place. Everything oh, in genius. One. But like anytime that's I bought good. weed legally, it's been like a dispensary. You got to go there. You got to show a card. You got to uh, check in. Yeah. It's a whole big thing. You gotta this pay is just like, tax. Yeah, this is just like literally like like three for 20. And it's like, I'll take a, an Arizona iced tea and a bag of <laughs> chips and I'm back on the street and smoking like on the street in the middle of, of Arizona, New York. At Arizona tea. Did you guys, this is a good story. It wasn't on the list, but now I'm going to put it on the list. Let's do You're it. You're never going to change it to 99 cents. That the owner, like the billionaire of Arizona tea is like, nope, I planned for this for 30 years. It's going to be a dollar forever. It's an no incredible, it's an incredible business model, except for I took a screen grab today. You ready for this, Jessica? Yeah. Arizona IST, two dollars. And it could just be a it could it could just be a it could just be a bodega or a small business owner like for inflation charging more. Oh, but maybe. but <laughs> yes, it's funny you bring it up because I, I literally screen grabbed that today. I was like, fuck. If an Arizona IST goes up to two dollars, not cool. It changes everything. <laughs> that is not okay. I mean, it's like all the car dealerships charging all this crazy upcharges. It's like that's fucked up. Come on, Arizona. Come on. Um, to we're gonna get to topics because I want to hear you guys' takes on stuff because um, a lot of our stories this week come from the dialing.com as they always do. So thank you guys for your support and for pitching us stories and just we're literally just having a resource that we can go on. Well, and the find Lord's stuff. work. Yeah, the Lord's work <laughs> here. Um, someone's got to talk about this stuff right that's right again Absolutely. like that's exactly. what we're saying that's the thing you guys write the articles we gotta debate it um first story of the week i guess we'll call it the dialing story of the week it's a collaboration for 420 we tried to gear towards 420 stories just because it's 420 and there just seems to be a lot of them there'll probably be more of them as we get closer um and we've also realized kevin and i that like any holiday whatsoever like April Fool's Day, like International Women's Day, brands are popping. Four twenty. It's like brands are just like we got to launch something and we got to do something, and like it uh, comes on the dialing. Like, and that's good for all of us here. You notice big spikes. Weed has been so much fun to cover on dialing because it's not a category that had any pre-existing visual identity. So it's been so much fun for us. And I know sometimes it's like, okay, yeah, there's a lot of weed on dialing. Sorry, guys, but (laughs) it's just. It, it is so interesting to see just all of these brands evolve. It, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. There's never been an industry that's just like, here's a brand new industry, figure it out. 
Totally. I, yeah. We're, we're building a cannabis brand and it's been really fun. Cause like for the same reason you just said, like there's not a ton of brand, you know, sort of like equities or things that have been there is established. That's what we're not, trying to build. Shout yeah, out to not, butter. Not um, yeah. Now when we launch, but also one of the things that's also been interesting to us is mainstream brands kind of starting to dabble and play a little bit with cannabis mm-hmm. as cannabis becomes less like a dark thing that should be not less talked taboo. about and less taboo. So therefore you have like Doritos, a Pepsi Cola brand or, you know, Frito-Lay Pepsi Co brand teaming up with Skull Candy for a limited edition 420 earbuds. So this is a limited edition drop reimagines the Skull Candy dime true wireless AirPods. I'm sure those are trash with the pocket size <laughs> offering take on a nacho cheese aesthetic reminiscent of a Doritos chip. So basically it's just a outer package that has like Dorito chip sort of um, a spice crumb looking thing on the front of it. hundred pairs collaboration rollout on April 12th, exclusively on schoolcandy.com. Another thing we love to do on our podcast, and you guys often have this on your website, which we love, which is quotes from uh, chief marketing officers or like internal people. Oh yeah. yeah. Cause they're, they're, they're always, always saying some very highly crafted and like <laughs> yeah, yeah, very yeah. written statements. Pretty. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Got all the like, buzzwords t- in there. Just, we're going to say real quick, like we're talking about a 420 limited edition Skull Candy Doritos packaging. You ready for the quote? You just slap some graphics of Doritos <laughs> a on your on sticker your of a Dorito you know. on the Correct. top of it. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. No, there's a there's a tray. There's a there's a triangle tray. Oh. Okay, you ready? Quote: It's no secret. There's a more intense hunger for snacks and tracks on what has become a legitimately recognized cultural holiday, and we're stoked to be feeding that," said Jessica Kladinsky, chief marketing officer of Skull Candy. Skull Candy and Doritos quote are proud to support those who are boldly themselves. We're excited for 420 enthusiasts to pop in their buds, sink into the couch, and get lost in the music. I, I'm sure those were all of her words. I, I, I'm positive. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> can you imagine yeah. eating a doritos like taco bell taco and then your your doritos like pub air buds and then just like a joint and you're just like embracing you're in it friend. yeah you're in it i know that's <laughs> like the uh I, don't, I feel like that's like the christmas tree of 420 right there <laughs> right there yeah you just explained yeah does does anyone need this or want this no no i'm sure some people do there's probably a reason there's only a hundred of them yeah I like that aspect of it. I will. I will say that I. I do appreciate when the brands are out here doing like limited drops and like they're not, you know, that great. But th- at the end of the day, they're only doing like a hundred of them. So it's like, yeah, yeah, good, good job it's, at policing yourself there. Yeah, it's for a headline. And- yeah, and like you said, Andrew, before it's like these are putting more plastic into the world and are bad for the the planet, which makes me sad. But also. I think it's, I've talked about it as like the memification of package design, where it's like, we're doing this as a way, it's like, I could mock this up <laughs> as a, as a post, as a joke, but it's less funny or it's, 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 it's more interesting if I actually go and make a hundred pairs right. and actually go and create it, it's worse for the environment, but it actually makes it kind of legitimate. The question is, is like, and, and people will maybe talk about it, but Nobody actually wants this product. I don't. Think, we're talking right? about it right now. Do you guys? Do you guys ever look at the dye line and some of this like limited stuff and you go, "Is that real? Is like, is there a real one out there?" Just not, like, do you guys ever think like we have a lot of people come and be like, "Is this this is fake? Right? Like this isn't real?" I feel like this is one of them where people go, mm, does "First off, I all, I trust the ju- uh, journalistic integrity, journalistic integrity dye yeah, line." Okay, sorry, max degree. Tra- 
So no, I, I, I trust that real. there would no, there would I trust that there would never ever be a story on dialon.com <laughs> that would not be real. No, like we, we do a good job to vet because sometimes yeah. we'll get stuff and we're just like, no, come on. Come on. And like, we'll be real? like, we'll, we'll be like, can you send us a sample? And they're like, oh, they're, uh, you know, they're backed up in China. It's like, mm, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. There they are. No, like the Pepsi IHOP, we actually ended up getting a sample and doing an unboxing of it. But yeah. people were like, this isn't real. This is like a render too. This isn't like a real can. So yeah. this is the same feeling I have with these air. That one was funny because, again, it was a limited release and it's like just it seemed so hard to actually get that Pepsi can in your hands. Yeah. It I don't jumped know. Oh, a yeah. lot of hoops. I really got it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also, real. It does exist. It doesn't. Yeah. I know very, this kind of defeats the whole purpose of, of the podcast that um, I'm on right now, but it's like. <laughs> do you need to make this stuff? Like at some point, like <laughs> at some point there's like a Pepsi IHOP collab limited edition flavor for a hundred people that are mostly in the media industry. Like, <laughs> is that, is it like, for at one point does that become need. novelty? Yes. No, and like, for us it's a need. <laughs> okay. We need for it. you guys. Yeah. yeah and for us too, to talk. It's, it's about. for journalistic integrity. For integrity. Yeah. We need All right. this. Scratch that from the record, Kevin, cut that. What I just said. <laughs> I, I would what never I ask. To, what do I cut? <laughs> uh me questioning this whole uh concept that we know uh, of, of the we podcast oh, yeah, for yeah. Sure. yeah we're okay cool uh moving on next story is from the dineline.com written by rudy sanchez um i think the last article is also from rudy this is called all things must grass it is a beetle and cannabis collab um really quickly hold it's on diet get cannabis it. it's cbd cbg Oh, D- diet cannabis. Like oh, that. diet. Uh, it's light. It's <laughs> diet cannabis. Um, the, the cannabis without any of the feeling. Cannabis George Harrison's babies. first post album, Beatles album, All Things Must Pass, still regarded one of his best solo works. It's the 50th anniversary of the release, and George Harrison Estate has co- collaborated, which, I mean, who's running the estate here with a cannabis brand, Dad Grass, and All Things Must Grass, a line of CBD, CBG. What is CBG? Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Smoking like, accessories and merchandise. Also the first part beetle partnership with a cannabis brand, which I guess that makes it interesting. What do you guess you guys, you guys approve of all these stories. Why, 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 why is this interesting? <laughs> I mean, it, a, it's the Beatles. So how often do you hear like the Beatles collabed with a brand not, every not week? So often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I mean, the design's cool. I love the cassette shape. I think that's like super fun. Nostalgic. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think the brand's a f- super fun brand. It's like targeted towards dad. It's dad grass. It's just like, you know, it's, it's funny. If I were to give it. my father uh, any sort of uh, marijuana, it would definitely be CBD because he would he'd, he'd lose yeah. his mind. Yeah. I got my mom CBD for Mother's Day uh, a couple of years ago, and she actually recently asked me. She said, uh, "For Mother's Day is coming up, um, a she's gonna she was coming on the podcast to dissect Mother's Day stories, <laughs> nice. and then and then on top of that, she asked me to give her uh, a bag of gummies, uh, edibles. So um, CBD. I, I do think there is a market for this real ones. product. Yeah, real ones, not CBD. Oh, yeah. um, is uh, she's, she fu- doesn't fuck around, you know? Um, <laughs> I do think there is a market for." dad product beetles is dad grass a brand i should be familiar with is that like a popular or just a familiar cannabis brand no. or just one of many one of many i haven't heard about i haven't heard this one this is the first time i think a lot of those cbd brands kind of go under the radar because i think a lot of people i don't know maybe like a lot of people don't really recognize cbd as 
being legitimate. Yeah. Just in my point of view, maybe maybe it's, it's got not a good lot of packaging. Yeah, I think this brand is cool. I, I I think it's tough with CBD. I think that's the part. Like at this point, yeah. why are we still trying to like when now that cannabis is at bodegas in New York? Right. Like, we're we're well, then explaining like, to your dad. Oh no, this isn't actually weed. Like it's uh, dad grass, and it looks like weed, but no, it won't get you high. It's like, well, what? Yeah, that's yeah, what, what I, that's what I was trying to say in high school, and he didn't believe me. um uh andrew brought up another good point about the uh vhs player packaging is that a new trend i've been seeing that a little bit you know i've been seeing a lot of like these vhs tapes um this is a cassette tape i mean Mm. 90s are huge right now so anything in that line i've been seeing a lot of boom box packaging dorito just did some stuff um anything 90s nostalgia right now is just big 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 yeah cassettes are hot i've been seeing some people i've been seeing some people uh putting their mixtapes on cassette tapes I, I think uh, somebody threw in my car. No, what? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> yeah. What like, kind of what? It... Andrew has a Tesla. Did you sell the Tesla? Anymore. Oh, I got rid of the Tesla. Couldn't I? Couldn't charge it anymore in the place I live. So it just uh, became un- unbearable. So oh. if you have a Tesla, make sure you have a charger. Oh, yeah. I hate it when you can't plug your fucking and Tesla. Now in. I drive a Volvo. Uh, <laughs> I remember you were one of the first people I had ever seen with the Tesla with the suicide doors on the yeah. SUV when I came to visit you, and you're, I was like, "What the fuck?" Is why I was like, "Such a fun car, best car I've ever had, fastest so car sick. I've ever had." I was had. so impressed. I was like, my mind was yeah. blown. I was like, "Damn, yeah, Andrew's on." When when you live somewhere where you can't charge it, it becomes like, "What the fuck did I do buying this stupid car? I can't even yeah. charge." Like it, it it became miserable. Champagne, like, actually miserable. Oh, I know. Let's bring up the Homer. They really feel for you right now. They're probably. I know. All, I know. Like, yeah. You didn't have somewhere to charge it. Can I break up the world's smallest violin for me, please? <laughs> yeah, Bro, exactly. Why don't you just plug it into your computer Whoa. or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh. At what point are chargers going to be dead? Uh, that's a big question. Andrew, do you have the answer for that? Like, what do you mean? Like those car batteries? chargers? I think my kids are, you know, like uh, the, the, in t- 20 years, I think one of the big differences between today and then um, is going to be the fact that we had to charge our phones, our computers, our, yeah. our headphones, our cars. And they'll just be like, what? You used to plug your thing in at night and connect to Wi-Fi? Like, I think those, like, Wi-Fi and charge is my big theory, right? Um, That these things will be... They'll, they'll look at us and be like, why did you have all these? You used to literally laugh at us. Yeah, overnight, you had to plug in your phone. What... What is the solution a, to a battery you, that doesn't die? I don't know. Well, no, there's fucking already, scientists. There's, there's charging over air. It's a it's a thing that brands are working oh, on. So where you can actually air. charge over air. So it's it's coming. It's happening. It sounds like it's going to be really great to just take all those rays into my body. Like, yeah, I'm going to love that. That's going to be, be so good. good. Yeah. I can't. I think it's going to cook my internals. Yeah. They're going to see pictures of us like plugging our phones in at like airports, like sitting on the ground and be like, what are you <laughs> fucking doing? Like you have to plug your fucking 10 devices in at night and wake up. And then you would have, you were on low battery mode. So um, I think I'm waiting for that. That's my, I'm, I'm waiting for, for no more chargers. I'm waiting for like something where some, where what I'm thinking already is already ordered in my cart. That's what I'm waiting for. Like where mm. I'm just like, mm, Brain and then it's, you, yeah. And it's in there. Getting the neural link. Yeah, yeah, that's what I can't wait for. Like, I, I'm looking forward to that. That's that sounds expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like Amazon has threatened with stuff like that, where it's like yeah. they they know your pantry, and then like they know when you're low yeah. on something, and then yeah. just like, oh, yeah, it shows up. <laughs> um, 
Both, <laughs> how awful is Amazon? Just uh, quickly, just like scale up one to ten. How awful is Amazon for the planet? Are you legally allowed to say yeah. that? Mm, yeah, we shouldn't say that. Moving on. Um, next story actually comes from <laughs> Presswire. PR 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 Newswire. Okay, that's just like a. Are y'all familiar with that one? Yeah, yeah. familiar with PR and Newswire. It's where you get where you send press releases, guys. (laughs) Uh, That's where you put them. I know. I feel like as I've been grow, as I've been pulling topics, like I think I'm figuring out where you guys uh, are are finding topics on the pressure on the. I think it's like a lot of press releases. No. Wait, yeah. wait we until we start. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna air you guys out with uh, where exactly, <laughs> but you know, if you follow the press releases. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll wait until we launch front but like, center. Like front center of the blog. So they send it to us. <laughs> we're gonna launch a blog in 2023. <laughs> yeah, we're we're jumping into the blog market. Um, Kevin, figure out how where all the press releases come from, and uh, yeah. <laughs> We I see have, an I opportunity. Have, have two websites. Blog. Yeah, yeah. And we'll just, blog. yeah, we'll, we'll poach Rudy, you know? I'm kidding. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'll make Kevin write all the articles. Um, oh, and he'll just, sure. he'll just copy, he'll just, um, he'll just steal from Rudy's articles. Um, that's oh. going to be our website. Then I'll just poach Kevin. Oh, good Ooh, call there. Damn, damn, damn. fuck. Damn. Yeah. See, why, see why she's good? That's 40 yeah. chess right there. This, no. is, this is, uh, this is, this, this is, is like baseball. This podcast. Like, trade players. Like, let's oh, go. If you want to trade players, man. I'll pay more. I got bigger budgets, you know, things like that. Like, oh, classic. Oh. LA oh. classic, classic LA, LA right move. There. Yeah. <laughs> we, got the, we can buy all the players we want, huh? Yeah, yeah. Dodgers. I got, don't I got even, more dollars. Don't even. Yeah, don't don't, even. I hope they. I hope they don't win this year. That uh, was. That was very Mama Bear though. If Jessica, she was like, "Don't touch Rudy." I'll fucking take. Let's go, Padres. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I it's like that's a chola in me. I'm not doing that. You, you know. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> um. Okay. The article. Yes. <laughs> let's let's be blunt. Wing Stop knows their wings are the ultimate munchies, and that 4:20 is a sacred holiday for their guests. So, in celebration of the most chill day of the year, the Wing Joint is honoring their cannabis-loving fans with a limited edition 4:20-inspired flavor called blazed and glazed available available starting on april 18th in restaurants nationwide the wings are crafted with a blend of hemp seeds terrapines strawberry and cayenne pepper the new flavor is designed to taste like 420 capturing the herbal notes of the holiday and may even produce a mouth tingling sensation although the flavor won't actually get you high so it's the it's the cbd of of weed uh weed wings this is interesting because obviously I agree wings and uh, we go together. Um, is this also another trend where things are tasting like things that shouldn't, that don't have flavor? Cause uh, you know, Coke is launched now starlight and, Pixel, and now we're saying this tastes like 420. What are you talking? Yeah. They're using the terpenes. They're using like flavor profiles. There's a lot God. of flavor. Like in, terpenes. I love the picture by the way, the guy's like, Oh, yeah. wing, you know, I love yeah. that. All delicate. Yeah. It looks like that's oh, it, it kind of looks like he's smoking it, like in yeah. his hand. Yeah, he's got like a. Oh, uh, I just got that. It's, okay. it's getting. Past I didn't get that you. either until just now. It I also looks that. like he took a wing and rolled it in weed. Like, right. like kinda, it's a. Uh, it's an. It's an herb. It's an herbal dusting. <laughs> no, you can get a lot of like really nice flavors extracted out of terpenes like it's pretty impressive like i know people making like hot sauces with them like, kevin's like a chef over here i mean yeah. how many wow. talents i'm gonna poach him i'm, only, kevin, I'm tapped in 
Kevin is pretty tapped in. If I, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull Kevin into my office and say, Kevin, you're fired. We're starting on a hot sauce company. That's the, that, or we're or starting I a mean, food company. That would be the Kevin. I mean, my yeah, hot sauce yeah. is pretty. My hot sauce is top. Kevin's hot sauce. He's a chef. He cooks chef. phenomenal. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Do you do he, a lot of smoky? Like, cause you're from Cincinnati, right? Do you do a lot of like barbecue? Like, I don't have the space smoky. to do barbecue right now, but I do. Uh, I I do be chefing it up on the grill. I'm I'm a natural on the grill. Yeah. yeah, I would and love he's, to get a he's, Yeah, and he's he's not an ego guy. Um, he kills his ego, so you know that when he says he's nice on the grill, that he's he's actually indeed real nice. Um, okay. Guys, you ready for the um, you ready for the uh, marketing uh, the quote yeah. for that comes with PR? Sorry, guys. Okay. Some right. of our biggest fans aren't just pairing their favorite wings with seasoned fries. Wink, wink. She, the wink, wink is for me, not from her. I love Said, the innuendos in these CMOs. <laughs> right. CMOs make. Corporate innuendo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get it? They're not just pairing their favorite wings. You know wings what? I've noticed fries. the last few mm-hmm. C- chief growth officers, CEOs are all female, which I'm all for. So I'm not going to talk shit. <laughs> yeah, Marisa Corona. And you ready? And while many brands are starting to give a nod to 420, we're going higher than ever this year by dedicating an entire flavor to it. As the cannabis industry grows, so does Wingstop's desire to engage this audience. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're smart. I'm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Wingstop's great, yeah. too. They got good yeah. wings. Shout out! I've never had one. You can customize them too. Like, oh no, you can like customize your wings. It's a it's a big deal, Wingstop. Oh yeah, I only think of Rick Ross. He's he's a Wingstop owner, right? He owns like multiple franchises. I think he's uh, like a higher up owner, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if he's just like franchise level. He's like in commercials. Like, remember when they they're having the wing shortage and he appeared? They did the um like thigh stop, and he was in that commercial. Oh. You ready for the facts? He owns 25 Wingstop restaurants. They bring oh, in each $200,000 each year in sales. Only $200,000? That feels quite low. Yeah, that um, like not a lot of money. It, also, it has been reported that he it. raked in oh. an estimated $7 million from his Wingstop investments in 2014. His eldest Good son is currently him. making quite the name for himself in sports. Oh, thanks for that. Have you guys seen that TikTok where they're like all the celebrities that own stuff, like LeBron James owns Blaze Pizza, yes. all the celebrities that own the alcohols, like all the have you seen? It's fascinating. You're like, oh. I would love to see that TikTok. Um I'll send it to you. we don't talk about Blaze Pizza because uh we spoke to them for quite a while about doing their rebrand. They and, need a rebrand, yeah. Uh we did not get the job. So um oh. I really wanted it. I, I feel was... like you need a segment of like what brands need a rebrand and we'll just go through it. All right. That's um, I have a lot of opinions about that. I usually okay. like yeah. people need sometimes people need rebrands. Sometimes brands need rebrand. I'm like, you need a rebrand. All right. Sometimes- off the top, off the top of your dome. Number one needs a, rebrand? needs a rebrand right now. Ooh. Place Pizza you just mentioned needs a rebrand. <laughs> Wingstop needs a rebrand. No. no. Good. I agree. No. That's terrible. No. Yeah, that's that, bad. That's no. green and that type's got to go. And that, no. Yeah, it's bad. It's Mm-mm. bad stuff. Heritage brand. No, that could be no. that could be better. That could be could better. Be better. Yeah, could, everything could, could be get, better. Yeah, it could get a little softer. It could get a little better. Um, what else? Rockstar needs a rebrand. Um, mm. Rockstar Energy. Mm-hmm. They need mm. a rebrand. Mm. Uh, what else needs a rebrand? Off the top of my head. Mm. I always get in trouble when I when I think of brands that need a rebrand because then somebody will come out to me who like I did that design and okay uh, that's I, great it worked now we need a rebrand <laughs> like, it's like let's get that up. time is up the time is up <laughs> what do you guys make of the Baskin Robbins rebrands 
um, that one that came uh, right. out last week. We yeah. talked about it on the podcast last week, so we yes. didn't want to go too far into it. So we gotta we gotta clarify: one's international, one's domestic. Don't know why you would do that. I oh well, I do because the markets, whatever. Um, love the rebrand. Actually, I think it's you great. like it. I do. They have thirty. It. They have thirty-one flavors. I they have thirty-one flavors. I didn't know that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's uh does uh, fedex have an arrow in their logo um that's um yeah it's interesting i mean I, it's funny because i feel like the idea of a of a different brand identity and different like international logo or yeah. branding and a domestic uh, american like branding like is a very old school thing like at coke that used to happen quite a bit where like the facebook page in different markets has different logos yeah and be like mm-hmm. yeah we live in a pretty global economy we're all pretty connected now from the internet. So I, I don't no, think that place. I think you need one brand. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Because like Instagram isn't just domestic. Instagram's everywhere. So you're going to see exactly. that brand everywhere. Yeah. Well, there probably is like a Baskin Robbins US and it probably has a new logo and yeah. Baskin Robbins like oh, something sure. else and has the old logo. That's just a fucking hot mess. Which, what did you guys like better? The old, the international or the domestic? Which one's which? Um, I like the JKR one. I feel like I'm, I guess I'm, I just think it's better executed in my mind. Like, again, like, I don't think anyone does like the heritage classic brand thing better than JKR. Obviously, they did the Dylan branding. So shout out to them. Um, Great brand, they, they, the I think they they did a nice job with Baskin Robbins. And I think the new one kind of feels it was done by a retail marketing agency. So I think oh. that's where it happens when you get your retail marketing agency to your branding. It kind of looks it's 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 not bad. Like, I don't think it's awful. I just think it. It's 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 weird that they had a pretty good rebrand two years ago, and although it's international, I would have just I would have just brought Jake Aaron and done the the U.S. version. Domestic. Yeah, I think we have to get that story. Bit. I think we have to get the story of what happened behind the scenes from uh, Tosh and. Uh, Ta- it's I mean, got to be some marketing, like something they own this, you own that. Like mm-hmm. you don't touch this, I touch that. It's gotta be Different companies like that. have the rights to each, you know, area. Something. I saw someone uh, posted that um, they changed the colors to be brown and pink because they wanted to be closer to Duncan because apparently Duncan owns Baskin Robbins. Yeah. And so they often have like a Baskin and Duncan in the same store oh. together. And so they like having them sort of share a similar color palette made it feel like less like two stores in the same store. Okay. Yeah, That's like insider information for you about. there, Kevin. Hmm. Um, speaking of, of brands that need to rebrand, uh, Guitar Center added a G to their logo and the internet is uh, freaking out about it um, because it's funny. I've never really considered, I'm not a guitar player, but I've never really considered this logo. But in the old school guitar center logo <laughs> the guitar made the g and now they've decided to basically just slightly shift it to a modern version where the guitar center the g is does, is not from the guitar <laughs> and so um this is not a story but what is a story is the fact that the internet has taken the <laughs> g from the guitar center and added it to other companies gilmore girls including olive garden <laughs> gilmore girls and uh that stuff is hilarious um i hate this rebrand uh, <laughs> oh okay yeah Abs- there it is hot say take more say wow. yeah why do you hate oh, it so much oh sorry um because well, it's like i don't look at this guy I mean, I appreciate that they're making it more readable. And it made me realize 
why it made me realize that like I never realized there wasn't a G there yeah. in, yeah. in the first place. So they, it almost made me feel stupid. And then that's kind of why I like the new <laughs> one because it's like, okay, I don't have to feel dumb anymore. Thank yeah. you, Guitar Center. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think it's one of those things. Uh, that... You felt stupid. I doubt that. <laughs> I, I think it's. <laughs> well, I mean, when I first I saw it, I was just did. like, it's <laughs> a, a. I was just like, what did they change? And then I saw the old one. I was like, wait, there wasn't a G. No, come on. Yeah, I was yeah. having like trouble one of those figuring out which one was the old one and which one was the new one. Yeah, yeah I, that's always that's a problem. I, I was like, oh wait, new old, new yeah. old. Yeah, that made me feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't use the old on the left and the new on the yeah, right. My brain right. can't fathom that. Like confused. Yeah, um, the new one's only for U.S. action numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an international a guitar center logo. Alex, do uh, we own Guitar Center? Is that is that a proprietary? Yeah, that's actually my grandfather. Um, he started <laughs> Guitar Center. Your grandfather um, is the Guitar Center. His, his name is Guitar Guitar Center. <laughs> you, I've never told you this. Yeah, no, you didn't. Um, I think. <laughs> Why is I, it trademark and then now registered? Like before it was registered and now it's trademarked. Oh, yeah, typically that. it goes the other way, right? Yeah. Where it goes. Everything but... is backwards on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about I guess this is more of like what a, is happening? What this is, is more of a brand new thing where the like they do the branding sort of like rebrand type stories like old and yeah. new. How do we feel about ad week getting into this sort of like design discourse? Do they have I... a right to do that? I think they do, and I appreciate a second opinion other than the under consideration opinion because it, mm. you know, it, it can often go go one way or be very tough and rough. And I, I get the the purpose in that, and I really see the value of the criticism of it. Um, but also, like, you know, is that good for mental health? Is that necessary? Like, like, if if it if you hate something so much, do you just not feature it? Maybe. Yeah. I don't just, know. Just skip it. That's kind of our mentality that we go through. It's like, okay, we're not we're not going to post something and then talk a bunch of shit out of it. About, yeah, about it. like, that's not good well, for your mental health. Okay, like let's not get go there. Let's just yeah. we curate. We're you know we curate things that we like. Skip can, the version where we talk shit about it. Can I? <laughs> sometimes can I, you can gotta. I, sometimes you gotta dunk. Yeah, you just got to air it out. Um, can I read some quotes from this article? Because I just I clicked on it. And um, uh, <laughs> Janine Diaro, Diaro, Guitar Center's chief marketing communication officer, said she knew she needed to address the logo soon after joining the company in 2017. It was designed in the 60s without a computer. <laughs> <laughs> which is challenging when you move into a digital environment. Yeah. Wow. Uh, you don't say who noted the original logo was hand-drawn by a guitar center employee at the time. You're Rather than opt for a radical change, Guitar Center's in-house team spent around six months giving the logo a slight upgrade, the most significant element being the addition of the G. Consumer testing found that the including the G in the title was far more popular than excluding it. The extra letter also made it easier to comprehend, too. <laughs> She, uh, Janine said, I joke that my legacy will be, I'm the girl who put the G in Guitar Center, said the Dario. Wow. That's a good legacy. She's, she's <sighs> real. Good for her. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for her. Um, this article gets a lot darker about them struggling during the pandemic. They filed wow. for bankruptcy. So we'll just stick to the logo and yeah, say, yeah. nice job, Janine. Way to add that G to the, to yeah. the, to I, the I Guitar like Center. It. Yeah, I like yeah. it too. I liked the old one. Mm, a little bit of a okay. a little yeah. bit of contrarian opinion. I liked the old um, one too, but you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Janine. Yeah, I, mean, to, I agree. It's really it's about Janine. It's for an me. evolution, and it still feels very much like the original logo. So. Yeah, I think I, in the future, 
maybe there won't be a lot of guitars in there. So I, I think I don't they know should if just drop. Be... They should just drop the word guitar and just put the icon there. There you go. See. Oh, that would be very pentagram of them. That would be. <laughs> Yeah, and then you could have like a rotate, like a flexible brand system, like be like drum mm. center, guitar center, oh. microphone center. Damn, free ideas Damn, out here. Just next level. Next level. Eat. That's what we call. We call me Michael Bay Ridge. Wow. You know what guitar center should do? They should have podcast booths. Like they should involve their mm. their stores, huh? their giant stores, so people can rent out to do podcast, podcast center, or yeah, podcast mm. center. Wow. They have a thing, see, mm. or just Damn, audio center, a... and just make it all about audio. Because huh? I feel like yeah, you buy other stuff. Um, like five years. Well, of, these are good uh, ideas here. Which is headphone center. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. Like I think five years of ideas. Skull candy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I should send the cease and desist, though. I think for me, um, personally, personally, um, Jessica, you had a question. <laughs> do, you, for, do you feel for attacked Kevin. a little bit by this new logo? You know, I guess it always had center in it, and I at this point, like, I don't know, I I don't see center. Like, I t- I agree with uh, Andrew that I I never really considered this logo. It's one of those logos that you never even imagined how bad and weird it was until someone right. decided to like put it in an article and be like, look at this art, look at that the guitar is the G <laughs> just like, you know what I mean? Like who it was done without a computer guys. So I mean, a shout out to whoever did that. Yeah. That seems, I mean, if a, logo, if a logo can last that long that it was done pre-computer, like good on you guitar center. I almost think I mean, you should just keep it at that point. That's right? what I mean. I love the, the history of it. Can you imagine what graphic design was like without a computer? Gross. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. The pain. Would you have to chisel it out of wood? <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Uh, Vignelli. What was he doing? He had to fucking. Uh, he was just exacto a, knives and rulers. I think he had like a, a block and a just like a chisel or something. <laughs> Who knows? Oh. Um, moving on. Liquid Death. Um, they're back. Um, I don't know. You guys. Uh, how much you follow them. Uh, they are now clients of ours. So we are in the liquid death business. Um, Amazing. And, and so we are, um, we're fans and friends now. And um, this is, um, yeah, this is Don't one of miss. the things that we, um, we, we're just now sort of uh, getting going with them. And so this came out over the past week. It is a new campaign where they uh, brought in an adult internet star named Cherry DeVille. I was not familiar with Cherry's work. Kevin, were you? Yeah, no, neither was I. No. Um, she's a very passionate person. And if there's one thing she's passionate passion about, it's not fucking the planet. And so she does a sort of testimonial and gives facts about plastic pollution and uh, basically just is a unlikely resource uh, or communication vessel for, um, for, for um, you know, murdering your thirst and, uh, you know, killing plastic. So. Uh, I assume we all love this, right? Love I mean, it. And love you guys it. love Liquid Death, right? Everything no, about it. I love Absolutely. that they took over concerts. So now there's not a bunch of gross trash everywhere. You go to Coachella yeah. or mm-hmm. festival or whatever, and it's these aluminum cans, and you can actually recycle them. Well, because because Golden Voice invested in them, so they put them everywhere. Yeah. Which is nation. genius. Live yeah, nation. Live nation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. I, I think is so genius because it's like a two for a. They could invest in such a great, like, future focused young brand, but then like they're solving all this waste problem that they're having at their own festivals of the plastic bottles just everywhere, which are disgusting. Because so. the kids go to Coachella, and the kids yeah. to complain about it. How much you think they're charging? How much you think they're charging for a liquid death at Coachella? Eight dollars. Eight dollars. I paid it. I paid it. Yeah. Oof. (laughs) I think they need. I think they need to be charging. Gladly paid it. Gladly. I think they need to be charging less. 
Mm. Kevin, don't talk about our clients like that. Scratch that from the record. <laughs> I don't. I don't um, think Liquid Death isn't driving that price. No, that's true. Live I, the venue, like the venue you go to, is charging the price. And beer is expensive. Everything. Yeah. you go is just surcharged. I will say that's eight bucks huge... for a water, like eighteen bucks for a beer. So it's like, yeah, yeah. relatively, it's it's about right. Yeah. Are you on the were... Coachella? No. no. Um, we're I had a meeting. Old. I had a meeting with someone this morning. They were at Coachella at the meeting, which oh, was pretty nice. fucking dope. So yeah. shout out that's to her. Cool. I won't say who she is, but um, <clears throat> building. If I do with Coachella an with my daughter in the future, it's got to be VIP. Yeah, come like, on. They're, they're VIP. Yeah, um, like, it's got to uh, be Anna Delvey. Yeah. Did you guys watch? Uh... <laughs> yes, I did. Yes. Where is my money? <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Anytime anyone says the words v- uh, VIP, all I think is her as being, you know, in her, yes. I hear it in her voice. Say, like, VIP, you know? Yeah. Yes. That look, whole documentary was so stressful. <laughs> you look paw. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't familiar with this porn star, but and um, I really, um, yeah, I think it works. There was a good quote from Mike, uh, their founder, who is a designer which makes yes. all the sense in the world that he's a like graphic designer, art director, advertising guy comes up with this crazy idea to put water in, make it look like beer. And it's uh, yes. Um, I'm trying to find his quote because he had a good one. He said, um, <laughs> but basically what he said was that like uh, porn stars statistically are some of the most famous people on planet earth that was his that was his uh, reasoning um i mean Mike's- it's pretty smart that demographic isn't like you know the environmentalists of the world so i think that's great porn has been doing a lot they, they do a lot every year for uh for the earth they always do earth day stuff mm-hmm. yeah no i mean i think they're crushing it and i think yeah i mean even that switch from going to a a festival and having getting you know paying ten dollars for a bottle of water and then you just kind of squish it and you see it on the ground all over the place yeah it's to gross it, to yeah. it being liquid death is a big i mean i i know we were talking about it, it's like that's the difference that like will make a difference yeah uh, for the planet is like yeah every music festival every mm-hmm. concert now does not have plastic like, no and every huge. comedy show that you go to huh? like here in la like if you go even to like a comedy show in inside not even festivals outside it's liquid death anything yeah. live nation is liquid death and also what it does it teaches a younger generation who go to these festivals why the fuck am i buying this in plastic like how stupid you know yeah. and it it, it changed you know getting them at, it, when they're young and, and at that point in their life like it just changes the trajectory and that's why this younger generation is like why are we using plastic this is so stupid yeah. What I also love about Liquid Death is like they're making plastic fun, uh, not making plastic, they're making sustainability fun. Yeah. And like having, you know, some conversations with them, it's like there are people that love that brand because they're like death, like metal enthusiasts. <laughs> there are people that love the brand because they're sustainable, sort mm-hmm. of uh, environmentalists. There are people like Kevin that just like think their advertising is really cool and like they just do a good job marketing. And then there's some people that just like, this just looks cool. <laughs> like, it's just like right. a good looking, like, it's just, a, it's just a novel idea. And like, they have all these different fans from different life. And now they have like NFT people, like crypto type people. Cause they're like, have that part of their business. So it's really interesting to me of watching a brand that's like, so very much of the now. Yeah. Like it's a very much a, a modern brand in that way. And like sustainability is like 50% of their like, communication strategy yeah. to a certain extent and like they're just doing it in a way that doesn't 
in similar to how we were talking about a plastic planet, like talking about sustainability in a way that's not boring. It's, or it's branding it's like, it. Yeah, it's branding it. It's yeah. making it fun and cool. Making it cool. And like, I hate to dumb down like what design and branding like is, is as is, is simple as just like, oh, we made it cool. But it's like changing the narrative and making it not just like, greenwashing bullshit and right. like just like just and and just in in infomercials and like people telling you to fucking recycle because right. i i just I, I don't think that's how change happens it's not a, it's not effective and it's not effective for a younger generation for sure no and they yeah. uh they don't respond to being told what to do kevin no. right no can't tell kevin what to do never you just got to encourage him and tell him that uh He's doing, he, you know, I think inside of like most young people is like an actual desire to make the world better. And I think it's because we're running out of time. (laughs) And I think, unfortunately, it's up to them. So, last words. Last words. What would you say to somebody like me who's like, Mm. we're not doing enough? The big brands are tanking this planet. What is something you could tell somebody like me to, to just, you know, Something positive, something positive for the kids. Yeah, for the kids out there, Kevin. Good, good, good way to end the podcast on a positive note. Way to produce that right there. Um, you got to keep educating yourself. You don't stop, so you got to keep find. No one's gonna tell you about the latest material. You got to keep learning. Always keep learning about stuff, and keep yourself informed. It's so easy to keep yourself informed these days too. I would say that we, the older generation, AKA maybe, you know, Alex, me and Jessica, um, are not the generation that, you know, caused this mess and caused this problem. Yeah, but fucking your boomers. generation, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're the bystanders. Yeah. Your generation will be the generation that fixes it. So we need you. Ah, oh, that's beautiful stuff. I, I agree. Thank you guys um, so much for all that you do, um, for not just showing pretty pictures of packaging, but for uh, making, trying to make the world a better place and also using your platforms for good and for being kind people and friends of the program and now, um, you know, sort of sponsors, but mostly just like supporters. And because that's, that's, that's the key to life. Go out there, support one another. And, um, you know, what does Debbie Millman say at the end of our podcast? Oh, you know, like um, you could talk can, about we... making a difference. You can make yes. a difference yes. or you could do both. Thank you for listening to yes. Friends and Center. <laughs> uh, it's been an absolute blast. Uh, we'll have you guys back. Thank you, future. Alex. Thank you, Thanks. Kevin. Thanks for having us. Yes, of course. Hey, you want to shit? It's that Guito, Kelly Tango Real, I say I don't need shit, nigga. I'm high all the time. I smoke that good shit. I stay high all the time. And I'm on some hood shit. Give me some drove purple haze and some chocolate. Give me a Dutch and a lighter. I spout shit. And stay high all the time. I smoke that good shit. I'm high all the time. And I'm on some hood shit. Every time I roll up, niggas holler, roll up. Then I tell them, hold up. You ain't getting money, you ain't smoking in my Benzo. 20 inch Lorenzo, smoke in the window. As a motherfucker, I be on the back streets Niggas know I clap heat Only if you got beat, man, you better holler at me Niggas get locked up, stabbed up, shot up Every time I pop up, a lot going on in my hood I shoot the dice and holler, get them girls Daddy need new shoes Daddy need Pirellis to look mean on 22s Stash box, Xbox, 
lab top fax machine phone Bulletproof this bitch and I'm gone 2003 suburban swerving Too many sips of Henny The D's sick, they searched the whip and they can't find the semis They was just harassing me cause they know who I was Spent the night in Central Brooklyn just smoking some bulls I'm heavy, I'm heavy, I don't need Chris Tango Ray and Alize, I don't need shit Nigga, I'm high all the time I smoke that good shit I stay high all the time and I'm on some bullshit Give me some drove purple haze and some chocolate Give me a Dutch and a lighter, I spout shit And stay high all the time I smoke that good shit I'm high all the time and I'm on some bullshit Now if you heard I done started some shit It ain't because I be high, I be high, I be high And if you heard I done let off a clip It ain't because I be high, I be high but I twist that la 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 I get high as I want a nigga Go against me for show, you's a goner nigga I don't smoke to calm my nerves But I got beef, finna crush my enemies Like I crush the ass sheets If you love me, tell me you love me Don't stare at me, man I hate to be in the pants for clapping one of my fans Now let me show you how to greet me when you meet me When you see me, if you're real, my nigga You know how to holler, G, you man There's no competition, it's just me 50 cent, motherfucker, I'm hot on these streets If David could go Against Goliath with a stone, I could go at Nas and Jigger, both for the throne. I don't need arms heavy, on, I don't need Chris. Tango Ray and Alize, I don't need shit. Nigga, I'm high all the time, I smoke that good shit. I stay high all the time, and I'm on some bullshit. Give me some drove purple haze and some chocolate. Give me a Dutch and a lighter, I spout shit. And stay high all the time, I smoke that good shit. I'm high all the time, and I'm on some bullshit. Now who you know besides me who write lines and squeeze nines And have hoes in the hood sniffing on white lines You don't want me to be your kid's role model I teach him how to buck them 380s and load up them hollows Have shorty fresh off the stoop, ready to shoot Big blunt in his mouth, deuce deuce in his boot Sit in the crib sipping Guinness, watching Menace Then oh lord, have a young nigga bucking shit like he old dog My team, they depend on me when it's crunch time I eat a nigga food and raw day like it's lunch time You feeling brave nigga, go ahead, get gun See if I'm only your brains leaking up out your scully I done made myself hot, so ain't shit you could tell me Now niggas calling me the feature, man, fuck your money I ain't hurting, I'm alright, nigga, I'm doing good I ain't got the right rhymes, I got bricks in the hood I don't need y'all, Perry, y'all, I don't need Chris Tango Ray and Alize, I don't need shit Nigga, I'm high all the time, I smoke that good shit I stay high all the time, I'm on some bullshit Give me some drove purple haze and some chocolate Give me a Dutch and a lighter, I spout shit And stay high all the time, I smoke that good shit I'm high all the time, and I'm on some bullshit G-Unit, are you ready? G-Unit, are you ready? G-Unit, are you ready? Nigga, ready or not? Here I come, come, come